announcement. The hemp revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. You can hear the stories of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating the business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game forever. Introducing your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. Gomez here on another Rock Your Socks badass episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast, where we are sharing and telling the stories of the incredible entrepreneurs who are pushing this industry forward. Some new, some old, some right there in the middle. Either way, we are making hemp and cannabis sexy again, and we want to make sure to lift the skirt and give you guys the behind the scenes view of what's actually happening while all of us over here are breaking a sweat to bring you the best and highest quality products, education, information that is telling and sharing the truth about cannabis and hemp and the industry that is exploding into the mainstream. As you know, if you are a person looking for products that you can depend on to deliver the results you're looking for, check us out at medicalsecrets.com for our recommendations. And if you're a budding entrepreneur looking for some support, resources, relationships, tips and tricks on how you can enter into this space, check us out at theemeraldcircle.com. We are happy to help. Today, we are going to be diving into the incredible story of a young buck entrepreneur out of California. The founder of Hemlock Company started back in 2015. The founder is here with us today, so I'm super excited, and has made a focus on bringing great quality products to the local community with both brick-and-mortar locations as well as the expansion of online retail. They do the footwork to make sure that the brands and products they carry are up to industry standards, allowing their customers to shop with ease and confidence. Super excited to have him here to share his story about how he is impacting his local and global community and consumer. Guys, put your hands together and help me welcome Mr. Brian Garrison. How you doing, Brian? Good. Happy to be here. Happy really to be able excited. to have the opportunity. Yeah, super excited to have you. Love having fellow, how do we say, hemperers. On our, like <laughs> on our show and would love to hear a little bit about your background and how you ended up in this crazy California hemp industry. Yeah, well, I started off in hospitality business. I've always worked in the hospitality business since I was 15. And I just about nine and a half years ago took over a family restaurant and my wife and I have taken that over. And I really began to kind of get involved in the community over in Whittier, California, where we're at. And the restaurant location has been open since 1954, and it's been in the family since 1975. So it's been a staple. It's there. And so kind of getting into that, I opened up my first retail store in 2015, and we carried some hemp products, a few CBD products, and 
I kind of just really grew into it the past couple years and really gained this passion for it to see people who are so afraid of learning about something because of either what's put out there on the media, what's put out there on the internet and where the negative things that people talk about it and to grow into that and be able to educate the community and educate the people coming into our shops. That's been our focus from the beginning. And it's been super rewarding. It's amazing. I mean, I remember selling to my first customer and be like, is he going to come back? Is this going to work for him? What's going to happen? And I was like, yes, when they came, you know, three weeks later, they came back to re-up and they're like, we're here. This is amazing. You know, and so to be able to be a part of something like that and be able to not only have a staff that's knowledgeable, but a staff that is passionate about it and willing to teach these people and educate these customers and our guests that are coming into our shops. It's amazing. I couldn't ask to be a part of something that's growing bigger and something that you kind of get something back from. So it's awesome to incorporate that into my life and into the business aspect too as well. Love this. So what are some of the key ways that you're educating the consumer right now? I know a lot of companies say like, oh, we're so focused on education or we're, you know, we're so focused on our impact. But then when I ask like, oh, okay, awesome. What are some of the philanthropic things that you're doing? Or right. how are you giving back to your community? They're like, well, we sponsor stuff all the time. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I want to know more specifically, like, what is your guys's conscious effort in drawing in and serving your community with education or information? How do you make your space different and comfortable for your local community? So, I mean, the first thing that we started off with is a professional environment for us, for the locations is key. You want somebody to feel comfortable when they're walking into a shop and you know, you get people who are coming in here who are, who are going through major things in their life, whether it's for themselves that they want to use hemp products or it's for their children. So the atmosphere is key for us in kind of setting the tone on where that information is going to go. We start off with the basics. That's the biggest thing for us is we want people to understand how we focus on CBD. So how CBD works in your body, how it works in just everyday life and in California, it's hard. We have to be careful on the claims that we make and the things that we say. We base everything off of research that we've done. We're a part of the Whittier Chamber of Commerce, so we're lucky enough to be in a city that has allowed us to communicate with the public and be a part of local events and be able to show people brands and products. And the big thing is for us, one major key that we focus on is you know, when it comes down to a business, I know it's, it's about money essentially, but for us, it is about money and everybody's got to make money to live and survive in this very harsh time. But with that being said, whether they are shopping with us or shopping with somebody else, we want our customers to leave with the knowledge of understanding how to know what a good product is, how to know what to look for in a good product, how to know the questions to ask for a good product and understanding that product. So we may not carry every single great product out there, but if they're shopping somewhere else, we want them to have the understanding and the knowledge of what they should be asking and what they should know about the products. And that whether yeah. that comes down to COAs, look at the branding on it, look at the claims that they're making. You know, the first thing that we tell people is if, you know, people are claiming this is going to cure anything, if they're claiming it's going to cure this or cure that, you got to be very careful with companies and brands nowadays. And it's hard. Yeah, how so, they're claiming. 
Exactly. So that's a focus for us is getting people to understand what to ask for and what to look for in products. And we even have, you know, certificate of analysis, COAs available here for all of our products that we will actually go over with the customers and show them how to understand how to read these and see what's in the products to make sure that they feel comfortable, they know what's in it, you know, and like I said, if they're shopping here, amazing. We love their support and, and we love what they're doing for us. But if they're shopping somewhere else, we don't want to tarnish the name, the hemp industry and CBD because they're shopping somewhere else and getting a bad product. So we want to make sure that they're not purchasing bad products wherever they're going to go to do it. Yeah, yeah. So super important. I love that. One of the big things that is, so we have a little bit of a mixed bag of who is listening on the podcast. Yes, I called you guys a mixed bag. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Still love you. But um, here's the deal. We have entrepreneurs of different levels, startups and well-established brands, and everybody has their own set of challenges. One of the big buzzes in the challenge sector of this industry right now is how do you open up or infiltrate distribution channels if you're a new brand or even in this as an established brand one of the four major challenges that has been expressed to me over and over and over again is distribution now the way that i advise folks by the way i'm not a retailer i was at one time but i'm not a current state of affairs retailer so the question I will get to here in just a second. The way that I'm advising folks right now is build up an audience online, help people to recognize that you are a highly sought after brand, that you have an online community talking about you, that there, you know, is a range of popularity or, you know, desire around who you are and what you have, and then approach a retail center with that knowledge base to say like, hey, We have an audience of 20 or 30,000 people who love our brand and products. We're looking to open up more distribution relationships and we'd love to announce and promote your store and location to our audience. For you as a retailer, and I'm sure that you're getting, you know, 150,000 inquiries a month right now for people who are like, buy my shit. But I want to know from you, like, number one, what is the current criteria that you use to bring a product into your store? And then the second part of that question is when somebody approaches you with that online clout or positioning and that like mutually beneficial relationship, is that a more attractive offer for you as a retailer and to get into partnership with with somebody like that, knowing that you guys are going to be co-promoting and you know, working together to raise awareness around your location? Yeah. So to answer the first question, the criteria that we look at is we get calls all day long. People Mm -hmm. want to send us samples. They want to do this. They, you know, can we meet with you? Can we, the first thing we ask them and the only thing that we ask them is send a catalog to my email because the biggest thing for me in this industry is branding. Branding goes a long way and it has to be, you know, it's got to be professional. It's got to look professional. It's got to look like something that somebody's going to want to use. And, you know, I come from a background of manufacturing and brand production in the vape industry. And that was very big. I'm still doing that now to these days. And that's the big thing is, is branding is where you're at with that. Because there are a lot of companies that send me products. And I mean, I can't even find the milligram of that's on the bottle, you know, and stuff like that. So 
that's a key focus for us is making sure what we want to see is on the product is they're making sure they're following current regulations and regulations that we think are going to hit in the future. So there are no regulations as of right now, essentially in California, but there are, you know, there's no age limit essentially for us, but the community has set a standard for that and it's 18 and older. And, you know, so products that are promoting that, it depends on where they're marketing them to essentially. And somebody coming to me and saying, Hey, this is our brand. This is what we're carrying. This is what we do. And everything meets the criteria as far as the image that they're portraying, what they're portraying as a company, what's behind them. And going from there, if they're coming to me and telling me, Hey, I've got 30,000 followers, or I've got 30,000, you know, people on my social medias that are, that love our product, that are organic, that are looking for our product everywhere. You can see that they want it in your area. I mean, of course that brings something to the table for me, even being a part of those, like working with some, some big names in the industry, like Charlotte's web, Papa and Barkley, Bluebird Botanicals, you know, being listed as a retail an authorized retailer on their website with somebody who has such a big name and has such a footprint in the industry is very impactful for us. You know, I get people walking through our doors every day who, who say, Hey, I found you guys on Bluebird's website. I want to check you out and see what you guys have to offer. So that's, you know, you've got to kind of, trickle down where who you're going to fall in with I'm not the type of person that's going to carry a thousand different brands in my store that's just Mm -hmm. and it's extremely hard the question that you asked is great because it's extremely hard right now in this industry because it is extremely flooded there are a lot of products on the market there's a lot of everything on the market and you've got to be very careful on what you're choosing to bring in and what you want to bring in and it's I'd say it's up to each person's discretion on how they want to go about that. But that's personally how I do it. Branding is key and what the company holds behind them. In my locations, what I like to shoot for is I always like something with a story behind it, with a meaning behind the brand and what they're doing. So, you know, we've got all different brands on the website and all different brands in stores. And, you know, you can ask me, Hey, what's the story behind this brand or, or what is it? What makes this brand any different from this brand? Well, this is why this brand was created. This is what they're doing now. This is how they're a part of the industry. So I always like something with a story behind it and some meaning behind it. And that's also criteria that I kind of look for in products. And when we're shopping around for new brands to bring in. Yeah, love that. Absolutely love that. Well, I work with a ne- the reason a couple reasons why I'm asking. I work with a network of brands or entrepreneurs who have been developing brands and I'm of a very similar mentality. I'm like, you can't just go after every retail store expecting that they're going to pick you up because you have a product. You have to have right a unique purpose behind your passion that is the reason why you created your product. Exactly. You have to have a specific problem that you want to solve for a specific person. In a retail setting, you have to have brand alignment. Does it match with the core values or demographic that they're serving? What is the image of that? And does it speak to the ideal customer? And then finally is like, what's unique about your formulation? What I love about the folks that I work with is that they're right there too. They don't want to be an average product. They don't want to be an average brand. They want to be those key differentiator. They want to have those key differentiators. So I have folks who focus on aromatherapy, and mix CBD into it. I have folks that work on to like full body lotions instead of just like, you know, localized topicals. Folks who are working in liposomal or nanotech 
delivery systems to ensure that the efficacy or bioavailability of the product are a lot higher. And on top of it, they're building out massive online social media channels right. around holistic health as a whole. And they're right. not just CBD brands, they're offering other products as well. So I'll tie you into some of those folks to sort of get you guys hooked up because I think Absolutely. for both, I think a lot of the retailers, the retail owners like yourself and correct me if I'm wrong, cause I'm, you know, no need to speak for you, but what I'm gathering is that y'all are frustrated by, you know, the lack of originality that is in the me too industry right now. And the brands are frustrated yeah. cause they're like, why am I not good enough? You know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's what it comes down to. And you know, if, everybody's, you know, a lot of these companies are sourcing from the same farms and the same areas and they're doing that and that's fine. But it's like you said, what's unique about what you're doing? What's, what's your formulation? What do you guys have to bring to the table? That's a big thing for us. And, and like yeah. you said, demographic is huge. You know, I have two locations in the same city and they're both on either ends of the city and I sell uh, completely different products some weeks on what I'm moving at the other one because of the demographic. So what I would say to the people that are out there who do have these brands and sometimes they're, they're having trouble getting shops, getting it into shops, you know, don't give up, keep pushing. You just got to find the right areas and the right demographics and what's going to work for you. And, and that could be, that could vary by state, you know, if we're being honest. So I yeah, think that oh, that's yeah. a big is, is don't ever stop pushing on that. If you've got the quality and you've got the branding and you've got, you know, something meaningful behind it, you're either going to grow organically or you've got a lot of money to put behind it to make it big. That's the, the two things that I think. And that's also, in my opinion, something that you have to look out for too. You've got a lot of products that have big followings and a lot of support behind them. And are they big because there's quality to them or are they big because there's money behind them? So that's another thing that we try to watch out for in the industry, because I'm sure, as you know, a lot of companies have, whether you've got a lot of celebrities now coming out with CBD lines and hemp lines and everything like that. So there's a lot of money Just going to they're CBD. famous doesn't mean they know shit. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Just because they're famous doesn't mean their shit's any good. So yeah. I, you know, that's a big thing too, that you got to be careful about and not to bash on any celebrities that are that have product lines. I'm just saying that's a good example of money being behind a product and being able yeah. to make it big. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I know a lot of the celebrities who are releasing lines right now, and there's very few who are doing it with the product efficacy. They're always looking at manufacturers for volume and ability yeah. to keep up. <laughs> you know, and then they'll be like, okay, what's the quality? Okay, let's customize this a little bit like that. You know, it's right. just, it's, it's very tiered. So it's definitely an interesting process. I want to just switch over to the business model that you selected, because even though you're on and offline, your primary business is offline, you selected right. to open up a retail center. And a lot of the education that we do talks specifically about selecting the path that is going to be best for you while you're looking at getting into this industry. For some people, it's going to be fantastic for them to have a job and work in some professional environment in support of another brand. For others, they have their own existing business and they just want to tie CBD or cannabis into it in some capacity. Right. And for other people, they really want to start their own brand and business. And it's all about the business model, right? Like where, how are you selecting the model that you want to work in for the next five or 10 years? Why did you pick retail brick and mortar versus going direct to consumer 
online. I know, again, I know that you're doing both, but it seems like your online is secondary to what you're doing offline. So I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. Like what were your key considerations in selecting that as a business model? Yeah. So I'm person to person. I feel like you can't in, in person, you can't beat it to me. Yeah. an amazing thing. And I'm very, you know, I have general managers at both shops that run the shops and I'm in and out of them constantly. And sometimes I feel like they want me to get out because I just take all the customers when they start coming in. I love to talk to people. I love to be involved in people's lives. And, you know, I feel like with a brick and mortar, you put a face to the name essentially, you know, and for us being involved in a community, having that face that name and people you know coming in and saying oh hey is uh is andrew here or is andrew working or you know that you get people that they start to grow accustomed to the faces that they're seeing the knowledge that they're getting and it's Mm -hmm. a little more personable for me i've always liked that personable touch and i feel with uh, brick and mortar you have a little bit more control we're new to the online industry essentially and it's rough it's hard it's easy to make a website you can put everything on the website no problem but getting that website known and getting people to find out about you is always the hardest thing is and there's money that has to go behind that with the, the seo and the integration and everything like that mm-hmm. and also with this web space and this current how hemp is looked at and cannabis industry is looked at there's no advertising essentially for mainstream online so being able to have the brick and mortars and be involved in the community was the way that I chose to go about things. And that was my personal preference because coming from hospitality in the restaurants, being involved in the community and being involved with the customers that have come in there, it's a passion of mine. So I wanted to be able to have these locations to stop into and interact with the customers and see how things are going. So it's a little bit different for me. And granted, we still offer that customer service online and go above and beyond for our customers. And that's something that we'll always do as the brand Hemlock, but you can do it a little bit more in store, I feel. And one thing that's worked really well for us with the online that kind of integrated for people who are looking into opening brick and mortars, that's an amazing option is, you know, if you're local to the area or within a five city radius, we offer in-store pickup. So people can shop online and then they can come to the store and pick it up. And it's great because they get to come to where we're all about. And that's us slowly growing into the fact that um, once this works for our area and our community and we get the traffic for the pickups that we're starting to get, at what point can we offer a delivery service to help those customers that really need the product that can't make it into the store or can't wait three to five days for shipping who can get it that day or the next day. So that's, Community is what I was searching for when I opened up this shop and was looking into the business. So that's key to us. Yeah, I love that. You're going to be like Hemlock or Hemlock Prime, like Amazon yeah, Prime delivering. Yeah. yeah, love it. I mean, you know, whatever works and we want to make it work. And, you know, with just even seeing the growth by, you know, we've grown substantially with the one location and the newest location we only opened up four months ago, but to see the growth that both shops have seen with just having the spread across the city and being able to do that and have people say, Hey, I live right around the corner from the other shop, but they don't have it in stock. Can you bring it from the other shop? I mean, I'll drive over in a heartbeat and bring whatever product needs to come here and transfer over so that it's closer to the customer. And 
we're in an industry where we serve a lot of customers who are 50 plus, you know, that are looking for for products to help them. And it's amazing to be able to give back that way and support the community. So I think online, you can do the same thing. It's a little bit different as long as you offer the customer service that's there. But I love the in-person. I love the face-to-face. That's yeah. just me though. You know, I got to be honest and say that I really love the face-to-face too. And I get my fix by being on camera like this. And I talk to a lot of my clients like this too. So that's how I get my fix. But there's nothing quite like, like I really loved the ritual of like, getting up and getting ready and going into a store and having your team and be like right. just watching it and hearing the register and there's like this whole thing that Absolutely. happens psychologically yeah. and you're like fuck yeah fuck it's yeah. an experience like, <laughs> it really is you know and i'm big on the fact when you say like having your team my guys have been with me and my staff have been with me since 2015 and some of them are new and they fit in just great but i don't believe that it takes one person to make a business successful i believe it takes a team of people to make it successful so it's great to me i give these guys all the credit you know i let the community know the people know that hey we're a team it's not yeah i may own the shops but i can't own them and i can't run and operate them without these this staff that that's behind me and jumped on board with me on any decisions I've made or any changes that I've made. So to be able to have the team a part of it, I feel like it's harder to do that with online retail. We're in brick and mortar. You can visually see the team that we have running this place. So that's great too for me. That was another key point too. Yeah, love that. You touched a little bit on the challenges of running an online store. Do you have an in-house brand that you're working with or are you you sourcing from other companies and just acting as a platform to distribute other people's brands? So what we've done with online is so we, as of right now, we don't have any house brands or anything or in-house brands that we're creating ourselves. So the products that we carry in our stores are what's available online. Okay, so awesome. the brands that we carry in our stores and the brands that we seek out and bring in are what's available online. Now we have some restrictions with some of the brands that we're not able to retail online because they don't allow it. So for those, we allow in-store pickup essentially. So okay. it's still like shopping in the store. We can't ship those nationwide at all. Okay. But 90% of them are available for shipping. Love that. Where can folks find you if they want to check out the brands and stuff that you have to offer? Yeah, it's hemlockcompany.com. Amazing. And on social media? On social media, it's Hemlock Company CBD for our first location and Hemlock Company CBD 2 for our second location. And Facebook's going to be just Hemlock Company. Love it. Love it. In this segment of our interview, we always try and share a little bit of words of wisdom for the new entrepreneur or existing brand who might be hitting a glass ceiling right now. I'd love to hear from your perspective. You touched a little bit on the challenges that you're facing. I'd love to hear some words of wisdom from you. What are some key pieces of advice, maybe one or two, that you could offer somebody who is trying to decide what their, you know, what their move is going to be next that they need maybe just that key piece of advice that you have to uh, make the next stage of growth in their business. What would you say people need to know about being successful in this space? So the biggest thing for us has always been do it right. There's a lot of pushback. There's a lot, you know, we've opened up our second shop four months ago. And I can't tell you this, it took six months to even get that, get a location. And with that being cities either don't want anything to do with it. They 
don't want to be involved with the cannabis industry or hemp or anything like that. So, you know, when we first fully went hemp, you know, I lost, I lost everything as far as the business side. I lost processing. I lost workers' compensation. I lost my liability insurance and payroll. Luckily, my payroll kept me, but it's, you know, the struggle was real and I did not give up. So I always say you got to do it the right way. Don't hide anything. Be open, be honest and move forward and find the travel the path that's going to get you in the right spot. So, you know, we're up and running fully legitimate with everything that we do from our business license, our processing, our banking, everything is fully legitimate. And in this industry in California, it's very hard to do that, but we've put in the footwork and the time and the effort to make sure that we do that. And that's your core right there. You can make money and you can do that and that's awesome. But if you don't have everything right on the back end, it can all be gone in a second. And that's, to me, that's the hardest part of this industry and not giving up. It really is. I've got a lot of friends that are in the industry that have pushed through the same thing. So networking, network, 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 find those people, you know, you've got to, I, you know, credit card processing found it through a friend of mine that has another friend that works for a company that was able to get us legitimized with our credit card processing, you know, so <laughs> you, you've got to put out those feelers and you got to make it work and don't give up. You've got to find the struggle is real. And at least in California, I can say the struggle is real, but you know, you find a city like Whittier, California, where we're at right now, and they fully support us. They fully love what we're doing. I have people from the city council in here that use our products. And I've got people that are out to the stores that we're, like I said, we're a part of the Whittier Chamber of Commerce, and we're able to network throughout the city. So once you make it work, and you find the back end and get your footing where it needs to be, that's when it's time to push forward and go for it. But do it right. That's the big thing that I, I would I would give people the recommendation as far as getting things going in this industry. Love it. Love it. I'm going to piggyback on a couple of things that you said because I think you yeah. really nailed some key points here. Number one is, I'll say it like this, this industry is a relationship industry. And if you know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy, whose cousin knows a guy, who cousin, whose cousin knows the guy or is the guy, it is the exact same as it was back in the 70s or 80s or 90s in the black market. You had to know a guy who knew a guy so you could get your bag, right? The yep. same thing is happening now, except it's for merchant processing the you know, or advertising or whatever it is. The relationships are coveted and you yep. got to know a guy. And the industry is small, even though it seems like all oh, these wild numbers and all this stuff. The real players in this space, whether it's locally or online, have already been established. And you have to know a guy in order to get your in and be embraced by the industry, you really have to be doing it right. You really have to be finding the things that make you unique and special in this space and run a hundred miles an hour with that. Don't be afraid to ask for help and connect into your network and who you know is almost more important than what you know. Exactly. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. And in this industry, it's mandatory that you show up wondering what value you can bring rather than what value you can take. I've said this on a few episodes before, but I literally cannot help but repeat myself because it's so important that we find who we are 
and we find the confidence in who we are and run a hundred miles an hour with that authenticity because people can smell a fake from a mile away. The next thing that I will say is one of my mentors said this and I absolutely love it. 99 yards does not make a touchdown. So if you can run as hard and as fast as you can in a football game with the whole team running behind you. But if you only make it to the 99 yards, it's not a touchdown. Your team isn't exactly. going to be like, good job. You made it almost there. Like yeah. no one likes an almost you have to push until you bleed sometimes to get to that hundred yard run in order to make the touchdown. And the sec I'll pair that with the book that was called one more rep. One more rep is like right when you feel like you're going to break in the gym, right when you can't do one more pull up or when you can't do one more push up or when you can't lift that weight bar one more time. It's that one more rep that's going to get you past the threshold and get you further down the line than your competitor who will quit before doing that one more rep. Growth hurts and it is not fun. And it has to, you have to be really conscious about it. So while you're coming into this new industry that is growing and expanding and shifting and changing and every single day, something is new every single day, something's different. I mean, your risk to reward ratio has to be on point. So my recommendation for you is run the full hundred, never give up before doing the one more rep, because often it's that one more yard or one more rep that will set you apart from being the loser or the winner in this game. So, and it is a game, by the way, try and have fun is my last piece of advice is try and have fun because at the end of the day, taking yourself too seriously will only put your foot in the grave a few years too early. Have fun. Don't take it too seriously. It's serious, but it's not that fucking serious guys relax and you know there's though the same you know set yourself up for success and it's so cheesy but you know what in an industry like this that's why i say do it right because you have to set yourself up for success and though the market is flooded and there's a lot of brands out there and there's a lot of shops that were protein shops or they were supplement shop before or they're a smoke shop and they're carrying hemp products they won't outlast the business when things change and things go a certain route and we're in a gray area. We really are. And so finding out where that's going to go, if you do things right from the beginning, you'll be just fine. And you've set yourself up to outlast any regulations and anything that's changes in this industry because you're doing it right. And that's, I, so I agree with you hundred percent. Don't go, uh, you know, 99, go a hundred. You have to. (laughs) Totally love it. Well, Any last words before we finish today's episode? I loved this interview and I thought you brought a ton of value. Really excited to see your guys' shops in California. And for those of you guys who are listening, all of the social media handles and websites will be found around this video and listed inside of the blog along with show notes and show highlights from today's interview. What are some final words that you can share with our group before we sign off today? First of all, just love what you're doing. If you don't love it, do something else. That's what I've always lived by and I've bounced around a little bit. And so to fall into an industry that I'm passionate about and I enjoy is amazing. And I think, you know, we, everything that we've talked about is just, I think the core values that you have to have in this industry and move forward with. So 
push forward and be ready for anything at any time. It's a changing industry. It's a changing world and have fun. Like you said, you've got to have fun doing it. You got to enjoy it. Love, love, love. Well, thank you so much, Brian. This has been a rocking in this interview. And for those of you guys who are tuning in, thanks so much for being a part of our community. We live to serve you. And it is our mission here at the Hemp Revolution podcast to share the truth about cannabis and hemp so that you can make educated, empowered decisions about how you want to care for yourself, the people that you love and the conditions that you may be suffering from. If you're a person looking for products you can depend on to deliver the results you need, check us out at medicalsecrets.com. We are happy to help. And if you're a budding entrepreneur, check us out at theemeraldcircle.com. Super excited to support you in anything that you need while you're getting started or growing into this incredible industry. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Sonia Gomez, and this is The Hemp Revolution. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to another rockstar episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez. And just for you, we took notes on this episode along with the links and other resources mentioned inside of today's show. Get them for free right now by going to theemeraldcircle.com. Now, if you want more on this, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you like to listen, and you will be automatically entered in to our monthly giveaway where you can get swag bags, all kinds of cool gifts and discounts from our guests and exclusive offers that are only mentioned right here in the Hemp Revolution podcast. I can't wait for you to share this with your friends. With your help, we've been able to impact millions of people's lives around the world with the truth about hemp and cannabis. And we know that you love us so much that you're going to leave a review and rate us right now on your favorite platform to absorb content just like this. Now, we challenge you to dream big and love the life that you live. Thanks so much. And we hope to see you on our next episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. Ciao for now.